You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The list of potentially available quarterbacks for the Chicago Bears this offseason is surprisingly long, but not all of them are clear upgrades over Nick Foles, and not all of them are worth the potential investment in a new contract or potential trade compensation. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook or join the Locked On Bears Facebook group. On the show today, we'll be joined by Mark Schofield. He's a writer for Touchdown Wire. He was once the host of Locked On Patriots as well here on the Locked On Podcast Network. But most importantly, he's our go-to quarterback expert. He was a college quarterback. He spends his time breaking down quarterbacks, watching film on quarterbacks. Pro Football Weekly had hired him to do Mitch Trubisky breakdowns every week last season or two seasons ago now, and we used to have him on for all those and really kind of going in-depth on quarterback mechanics, scheme, how they fit. And so, of course, he's the perfect guest to bring on to talk about a long list of quarterbacks available this offseason. We're going to go through almost every one. We're not going to do like it. It's not just, all right, quarterback one, quarterback two, quarterback three, but we'll kind of put them into groups all right, these are the quarterbacks that are really clear upgrades over Nick Foles. These are the quarterbacks who make the Bears a better team. Here are the quarterbacks that are a little more lateral. Here are a little more of the wild card quarterbacks, the safe quarterbacks. Kind of find different tiers and categorize these quarterbacks so we have a better understanding of what the Bears' options are, just how many options they have, and how those different options may fit differently in Chicago based on their skill set and how that meshes with Matt Nagy and the Bears' offensive personnel. We've already gone in-depth on Derek Carr with your boy Q earlier this week. Just yesterday, we went in-depth on Alex Smith. Of course, prior to the trade, we went in-depth on Carson Wentz with Ben Solak. So this is a little bit more of a general overview. And then next week, hoping to go a little bit more in-depth on a few other individual quarterbacks as we kind of get a sense of who's more worth going in-depth on, and who doesn't have as much intrigue to them. All right, joining us now on the Locked On Bears podcast is Mark Schofield, a friend of the show and a quarterback expert, at least our our resident quarterback expert. He writes for Touchdown Wire as part of the USA Today Sports Media Group, and you can also find his work on Big Blue View and Pat's Pulpit as well over part of the SB Nation family. Uh, Mark, it's been a while. We used to we used to mostly call on you for your Mitch Trubisky analysis, but all of a sudden uh, the winds have changed, and it's, it's kind of a weird time. Do you miss going deep on Mitch Trubisky every week for, uh, for the folks over at uh, – no, I'm – Totally spaced on where you did that for Pro Football Weekly. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I don't miss it. Um, surprise, surprise. I don't miss it. Um, <laughs> you don't miss were... the you don't miss the all twenty two angle of Soldier Field. Well, that's the other thing, Lauren. I mean, God, that all twenty two. It's twenty twenty one. I mean, come on. We've got the we've we just landed a helicopter on Mars. Okay. How could we not get a better all 22 <laughs> angle at Soldier Field? I don't, we've got the ability from a technological standpoint to have like 
drones that could spell out the name of cities during a firework display. But we, we can't get all 22 at a better angle. I don't understand. I forget who I was. I was studying. I think it was Carson Wentz. Um, his entire NFL career over the past week or so. And I had, I came across many and all 22 angle from soldier field. And I was just like, I'm just going to skip this game. I'm just, there's, there's, no point. <laughs> I, there's absolutely no point. Like, so yeah, I, I, I don't miss that. And I also don't miss coming up with different ways to say the same thing, which is you need to get this guy better. Like there, there's only so many different angles you could come up with as a writer, as a content creator to say, this guy needs to get better and the coaches need to help him a bit. Like, yeah. I ran out of ways. I ran out of ways. It was, and that was the frustrating thing, right? With in Chicago, right? It felt like it was the same thing over and over again, expecting some kind of different results. And we never got there. But to your point, we can slime Mitch Trubisky in the end zone, but we can't get an all 22 camera to show the right. whole field. I like, mean, I mean, it's the year 2021. <laughs> like we have made so much in the way of like technological advancements, like the, the, the Nickelodeon playoff game. Like that was fantastic. You could slime them in the end zone. It was great. But we, we can't get above row G in a stadium <laughs> that has rows higher. Than, like, we can't get just, like, an an AV intern at U of I or Northwestern to, like, stand up in the top row with a handheld camera. Like, that would be better <laughs> than what we get. Yeah, instead of and, getting the guys with the hot dogs and popcorn basically walking in front of the all-22 camera. That's the level Seriously. we're looking at. I mean, it's basically it's basically somebody that didn't make the game day roster standing on a bench behind the sideline. Like, that's what it's like. <laughs> and uh, these are certainly, you know, first-world problems here, what we're talking about. But it's tough. It makes our jobs difficult. We want to tell you, like, here's how you can help Mitch Trubisky, but when all we can see are his cleats. <laughs> Maybe that's why the Bears have had so much trouble evaluating their own talent. Maybe because they can't that, they can't see it. Lord, that's the answer. They can't see it. If they could get <laughs> a drone above Soldier Field, they'd figure things out quicker. You wouldn't have to panic and trade for Nick Foles or you know anything else they might do this offseason. Yeah, so let's let's go to that offseason rather than doing a whole locked on all twenty two episode. <laughs> locked could, on we, all twenty two. We could, we could complain about that all day, but uh, with with this quarterback situation, Nick Nick Foles obviously under contract, and we're not sure what they're going to do with him. But it feels like like Mitch Trubisky is going to depart and and play elsewhere next season. When you I guess let's start big picture. When you look at the the general scheme of quarterbacks who either are available or could be available either via trade or, or free agency. I, I think Deshaun Watson is in a separate conversation from pretty much everybody else. But as it stands right now, how many how many guys out there, and I, I know you don't have a full list in front of you, but like who comes to your mind as like, this is clearly an upgrade over Nick Foles? How long is that list? I mean, it depends on how many potential names you put on there. Like if you include guys like Garoppolo or Derek Carr, who may or may not be available. Like those guys, I, I think you would put on that list. Because well, um, like, you know, like I, I would agree for Carr is a surefire better than, than Nick Foles, but how much better is Garoppolo? So let's, let's start there. I, I mean, cause we saw, we saw some weaknesses. I, I agree that he is better. I mean, I think we, we've seen enough from Jimmy G to, to say that, but like how much better? I mean, I think the difference between, say, Foles and Garoppolo is with Garoppolo, you don't get the high variance swings. Like, that's one of the things that I think is always, always frustrated people about Foles, where, you know, he might have a three game stretch where you win a Super Bowl, 
But let's not forget that year in Philadelphia prior to that playoff run. I remember a couple of games where he struggled and Eagles fans were just like, we're going nowhere. Like we are one and done in the playoffs. Like this guy is just woeful. And you see that even now, even this past season in Chicago, where he can have a game where you're like, yep, this guy can do it. This guy can play at a high level. And then he'll turn around and throw three picks. And you're just like, I'm just, I'm just not so sure. Garoppolo, it's different. Like the swings aren't as wild. I think, you know, if you look at like the range of outcomes between a Nick Foles game and a Jimmy Garoppolo game, like worst case scenario with Garoppolo, you're going to have some missed throws, some missed opportunities, and it's going to be frustrating, but you might not have the disastrous outcomes that you could see with Nick Foles. And it's the same at the higher end. I think Garoppolo is kind of that guy that can run your offense, can be relatively consistent, will not throw you out of games, but he might not have the the ability to like throw you back into one. Like if you're down by 21 in the third quarter, like Garoppolo is probably not the guy that's going to bring you back. Falls can do that, or he can make the situation worse. And so I think <laughs> to answer the question, Lauren, I, I think the consistency is what would make me believe that in most environments, Jimmy Garoppolo is a better option than Nick Falls. It's that ability to at least not, obliterate your chances at winning a football game in the blink of an eye, which I think Foles has done from time to time. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good way to describe it. It's maybe a, a sad reality, a sobering reality, but still <laughs> really well put there. And that's kind of what keeps the intrigue going with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I guess we still kind of come back to what level of an upgrade that might actually be. We'll look at kind of the trajectory for Jimmy Garoppolo from here, as well as a number of other Bears quarterback options, next on Locked On Bears. Any of these potential quarterback trades are going to have a lot of moving parts, and nobody knows more about moving parts than our friends at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything you could possibly need for your vehicles. Engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So whether you're fixing up a classic car in the garage or just need a little quick maintenance on your daily commuter, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. Their catalog is so easy to navigate, but it's unique and filled with a lot of different things. You just put in your car's make and model and all the different brands, specifications, and prices are all right there for you. So head on over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts they have available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Is Garoppolo settling into an Alex Smith type career or type role? I mean, I know it's not quite the same exact style, but like, is that? And obviously, Alex Smith is one of these quarterbacks that's available right now, but not the same Alex Smith that he once was. But like, is that is that kind of the Garoppolo trajectory at this point? I think so. I, I think that's probably a good sort of career arc idea for Garoppolo because I, you know, he's going to be that guy that. You know, a lot of people might sort of refer to it as quarterback purgatory, whether it's, you know, 
Alex Smith, Andy Dalton. The guy's going to be good enough that you can be competitive with. But the question is, is he going to be good enough often enough that you're going to win games because of, and I often try to term it that way, like in terms of quarterbacks, like in Sean Watson, that's a guy you win games because of, like he's a guy that's going to take mediocre talent like he had around him and win games, even in a disastrous Houston scenario. Um, Dak Prescott, I think is another guy that you win games because of Garoppolo is more that guy that you win games with. Like he's not going to get you there on his own. He's not going to put you, put the team on his back. Um, but he's good enough that you will game, win games with. And the question ultimately becomes, is that what you want to be as an organization where, you know, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle and make a deep run, but for the most part, you're in that nine and seven to 11 and five range where maybe if everything is right around him, you could reach the upper tiers of that potential. Or if you don't do a good enough job around him, yeah, you're probably kicking around eight and eight, nine and seven. And that's nice, I guess, but not what you really want to be as a franchise. Yeah, let, let's use that as a threshold here um, as far as, you know, guys that you feel like you can win because of as opposed to guys you can win with. Watson, clearly above that mark. Jack Prescott, you know, pretty well above that mark. I, I would probably put Derek Carr above that mark, but again, I, I think at this point he's not available unless he, you know, Las Vegas can get Deshaun Watson and then Carr would probably go to Houston anyway. So we we'll kind of take him out of the market there. Um, can Sam Darnold be somebody still that can take you above that threshold or do we kind of know what he is at this point? Yeah. Darnold is such an interesting sort of evaluation. I think I'm more in the camp that Darnold can get to be that guy you wouldn't because of, but I don't know if there's enough evidence to have that belief with any level of certainty, because I think when you look at Darnold, a couple of things that make me believe he can get there are the fact that he's relatively young, relatively inexperienced the quarterback position. You're talking about somebody that didn't start playing quarterback till like sophomore year of high school. He was a linebacker before that. And so a lot of the mistakes, the muscle memory issues, the, you know, inconsistencies, they're not ingrained as they are sometimes with other quarterbacks at this point of their career. So I think there's that. There's also the fact that he's been playing for Adam Gase the past two seasons and the Adam Gase reputation as a quarterback guru, quarterback whisperer was largely formed by a season or so with Peyton Manning. And I would venture a guess that if you or I were Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator, we could basically hand him the playbook, say, all right, I'm going to go hit the links. I'll see you Sunday for game day. And we get the same reputation because it's Peyton Manning. We're talking about. It's, it, it's not like he made Tim Tebow into a bonafide NFL starter. It's Peyton Manning, a first ballot hall of famer. And, and so I do think that the circumstances around Donald in New York weren't such that you could properly evaluate him and say definitively, this is what he is. This is what he is. This is what he's not. So I do hold out hope that Donald can get there. The issue with Donald though, becomes similar to the Adam Gates conversation. Do you have the structure and personnel and coach it in place to aid quarterback development in a positive way? And I would venture a guess that if you asked most Chicago Bears fans, if that's in place with, you know, Matt Nagy and company, they would tell you maybe that isn't quite in place. Now, hire and flip might have a positive effect here because um, there is a background of quarterback development with Carson Wentz back in Philadelphia that you can point to and say, look, they've got it done. Um, but when you look at the sort of Mitchell Trubisky ter- career arc, there's no real confidence that this coaching staff that's in place has done it. 
Maybe they can, but again, it's the same sort of conversation with Donald that we're having about his potential, which is do these guys have the potential to develop a quarterback? And if you're talking about Britain and Sam Donald and having to develop him, it's a lot of ifs. Well, your your Adam Gase discussion there was very disrespectful to the miraculous work he did with Jay Cutler in 2015 and 2017. Thank it's you true. very much. This is no. a very good point. <laughs> but since you mentioned Wentz there real quick, obviously he's not on the table anymore. But in ter- I guess where, where where's your eval of Wentz? You said you kind of went through his whole career. A- again, in this threshold of like quarterbacks you can win because as opposed to quarterbacks if you win with. I guess how, how would you – where would you put Wentz in that and – where I guess also, you know, do you think the Bears should have tried harder to get Wentz based on what you've seen? Well, I mean, I think the thing with Wentz is this. It, it depends which Carson Wentz you're asking me about. If you're asking me about 2017 Wentz, that's a guy you win because of. You know, if you're asking me about 2018, 2019 Wentz, that's a guy that you mostly went with, but at times went because of. If you watch him last year, he's a guy you lose because of. You know, he's had such this strange career arc. And you know, in that piece um, that's over at TDY right now, I basically made the argument that, you know, fixing Carson Wentz isn't to be found in a playbook. It's it's all in his mind. He 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 didn't regress last year. He collapsed. He he revert he reverted to the quarterback that I studied at North Dakota State when I first started watching him. Like I think that the relationship with Frank Reich is going to be what fixes Carson Wentz. Um, having the ability to play with confidence again because he was missing reads, missing opportunities, playing overly conservative. And from what I was told from people closer to that organization than I am, that Eagles organization, they really tried to dump things down for him to the point that if you that, that first read is there, we're going to do everything we can to get it open for you. Otherwise, just run, you know, basically treat him like a college quarterback again. Like Mitch Trubisky. And yeah, and, and that didn't work. And so, you know, ultimately it's, it's, can you rebuild his confidence? And, you know, some people might say, well, if drafted a quarterback in the second round is going to cause him an earth shattering lack of belief in himself, that's a problem. And I think that Jalen Hurts pick was just the latest in a string of moves and circumstances that broke him down. I mean, I, I think, being on the sidelines and watching the Nick Foles run and, and seeing how Foles was treated and all the things that went into playing in Philadelphia, I think those also played a role, which is why I thought that maybe Chicago wouldn't be the best spot for him. I think Indianapolis is a good spot for him. Um, different media market, you know, different outlets. I, I think if he's going to be fixed, Frank Reich in Indianapolis will do that. So I think the idea of I can see why, you know, reading in the past couple of days since that trade um, why Chicago didn't really go to the mattresses to try to acquire him because I don't think the fit would have been as good as it was say in Indianapolis for both player and team. Yeah. I don't think Wentz could handle the pressure of the constant analysis of him on the locked on bears podcast from exactly. every game and that this rough Chicago media market just would have been brutal just for him. With, him up, <laughs> you know, spit him out. Well, so with Wentz, he's, I get the impression in kind of what you're saying there that he's, he's a guy that, the, the variance is is enough to where you can win with him on the high end of that variance and win win because of him on the high end of that variance, and obviously the collapse is the other side. And I think there's some parallels there to Jameis Winston, not in terms of the style of quarterback, but again, the, the times when you can win because of them and the times when you can lose because of them. Uh, where, where do you stand on you know Winston? I think, I'm, I think you'll be a little bit higher on him, I, if, I, if I had to guess, but 
obviously New Orleans is going to probably try and re-sign him and try and make him a, a long-term option there. But like, are you are you in the camp to say sign me up to try and have uh, Flamus throwing heat all over the field as a starting quarterback? Right. I, generally speaking, yeah. I mean, I'm st- I'm still in the mind of that there's a good quarterback inside of Jameis Winston, and I do think that there's a potential at this past season where he was basically an observer, a, a fan, somebody watching on the sidelines, could have done him a huge world of good. I mean, you're talking about a quarterback that went from Florida State to immediately being a week one starter and slowly over the course of a couple of seasons in the course of a couple of different offensive systems, the game started to slip away to the point where, you know, his last season in Tampa Bay, take the 30 interceptions, do what you want with that number. A lot of it was due to him just not trusted what he was seeing, not making throws when the ball needed to come out. And he would get to the right answer on a given play, but the mechanical process of getting the ball from the throwing position into the throwing motion and out of his hand would just take too long. Like it wasn't even a situation where he's like staring down routes or anything like that. It's just, it was almost too deliberate, too slow. We sometimes talk about when you're evaluating players that, you know, process and speed, but another part is play speed, just how fast you play the game. And that seemed to be lacking for Winston at the end. You know, I remember a, a pick six he threw against Atlanta where it's just simple stick and he's throwing Y stick and just decision to throw was so long that Devin Bush just jumped it um, for pick six. And that's the issue with him. Can, can Will he have sped that up? Well, we don't know. That's the part we don't know um, from taking a year off. But I think the opportunity to sort of take a step back, catch his breath, be an observer, be a learner, observe a Sean Payton system, observe how you know Drew Brees goes about playing the position, that could have done him some work. That could have played off in a big dividend for him. And so, you know, I think if you're in a, a team that wants to roll the dice on Jameis Winston, you know, I think there are things you're going to have to do structurally. You're going to have to put players around him. You're going to have to put, you know, the kind of offensive system that I think makes sense for him might not be a quick strike West Coast offense. It might be more of a vertical-based pass and attack where the it takes a little bit longer for things to develop and it gives him more time. And I do think you're going to want a viable plan B. You know, for a lot of these quarterbacks <laughs> yeah. now, when we start getting into the the Winstons of the world and some of the Gardner Minshews of the world, you know, you can't really put all your eggs in that one basket. Like, you're going to have to have a viable plan B. And I think Winston's one of those guys where, you know, this is great. Like, if, if you can get him, fantastic. But you're going to have to have, like, somebody you can go to behind him if things don't pan out. Yeah, that, that seems to be true for a lot of these quarterbacks. Kind of in this, this tier, this range that we're putting them in right now and Winston's far from the only one there I want to get into another quarterback you mentioned and a few others quick before I let you go next on Locked On Bears at some point I bet we'll see Chicago Bears quarterback odds up at betonline.ag the Bears have been in the prop bets you know for Matthew Stafford for Carson Wentz or even, you know, J.J. Watt with his free agency. But we haven't seen anything specific for the Bears just yet with their potential quarterback options. But it could get a little bit more clear once we're closer to free agency and then the NFL draft. But there's still plenty of different ways to play and win at betonline.ag. 
They've got NFL futures, division winners, conference winners, Super Bowl winners for 2021, college football futures, NFL draft futures, even Canadian football futures, and odds for each week's FCS college football games being played this spring. Just because football season is over does not mean the fun is over. So head on over to betonline.ag and sign up today for a free account. Enter in our promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Since you mentioned Minshew, I want to include him in this in this bucket of quarterbacks here, right? Like as I look at sort of like everybody else, and I've intentionally selected some of the quarterbacks that we've already talked about and and separated them from some of the rest of the group. You know, when you look at, if, if I just go through a list here, Minshew, Cam Newton, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Tyrod Taylor, you mentioned Andy Dalton briefly, and even I'll throw Nick Mullins in because he's a restricted free agent. Do you feel like any of those guys, and, and maybe Minshew is probably the, the top of that list in terms of, of quality, but like, can any of those guys give you enough plus quality football to be that that win because of them enough to really you know, separate themselves and, and be in this higher quarterback tier discussion? Or are they kind of, they're kind of, and then they're very different styles with a lot of those quarterbacks, or are they, but are they kind of in that, like, you can win with them, but it's going to take a lot more support and a lot more of a strong cast of receivers and offensive line and running game and defense around them? You know, the name that's fascinating still to me is Cam Newton, because you are talking about a former MVP. You're talking about somebody that, you know, truly transformed that Patriots run game last year um, and what he can do as a runner, what he can do as an athlete, I think would be beneficial to many NFL offenses. He gives you that ability to play 11 on 11 in the run game beyond most of those names you just mentioned, which I do think matters, which I do think will help any team. You know, the problem with Newton becomes, are you going to get enough in the passing game with where he is right now? And I think last season was a bit of a difficult one from evaluating that um, partly because he signed late three weeks before training camp. You don't get a re- real training camp, OTAs, mini camp, preseason games, all that stuff. And then he contracted COVID uh, tested positive for COVID before our game against the chiefs. And, and the games after that really took a while to sort of get back to where he was. I do think that there is a good NFL quarterback still inside Cam Newton. I do think that, you know, you'll have to have a more vertical-based passing offense. He's not a guy that can throw receivers open. He's not a guy that can run a West Coast offense that's dependent highly upon yardage after the catch because ball placement is an issue with him. It always has been an issue with him. Um, if you watch, if you want to believe in Cam Newton, you know, turn on that week two loss against Seattle because that was a game where he threw them into that game. He threw them back into that game. You know, it looked like New England might have had a vertical pass at offense for the first time, really, you know, in a while since probably the Randy Moss days. And a lot of Patriots fans, myself included, thought, look, there's there's a passing game here. Now, part of that might have been, look, Seattle's secondary wasn't good at that point in the season. Um, they didn't really sort of piece, piece things together until, you know, they bring in Dunlap and Jamal Adams comes back healthy. Like, latter half of the season, their defense figured it out. That's when their offense started to fall off. But I do think that there there is a chance that if you side Newton, you know, theoretically speaking, he can figure things out 
if you have the right offense. The problem in Chicago is, does any of that offensive passing game sound like what Matt Nagy does? No. I mean, Matt <laughs> Nagy's more of a West Coast, Andy Reid kind of guy. Um, an offense that is largely dependent on yardage after the catch. And one of the problems with Mitchell Trubisky at times was what he would throw late, you know, and a three-yard cushion becomes a one-yard cushion by the time the ball gets there. You know, what should have been an eight-yard catch with 10 more yards after the catch becomes an eight-yard catch and an eight-yard gain because that window for yardage after the catch is gone. Well, that's part of the problem with with Cam Newton is – you know, when the ball comes out late or the ball is poorly placed, so the receiver has to make an adjustment, which negates that window for yardage after the catch, which negates that separation. You know, you, those eight-yard pl- throws become eight-yard gains and not eight plus ten. And so the fit in a Matt Nagy system might be tough from a, a you know a scheme fit perspective, but I, I'm not ready to give up on Cam Newton. And is what I'm saying right now partly me talking myself into when the Patriots resign Cam Newton? <laughs> Perhaps. I mean, you know, there is a little bit of self-medication going on here, um, Lauren. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I do think that there's a good quarterback left in Cam Newton. I just – I'm wondering about the potential fit in Chicago. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Uh, so if if you're Ryan Pace, if you're if I put you in charge of the Chicago Bears, but with the understanding that – you're in a position that you feel like you have to make some, well, you have to get better at quarterback. You have to have better quarterback play next year. So I, I guess, what do you do? I mean, do, or I guess where, where do you, where do you put your priorities in terms of quarterback options? You know, cause Nick Foles is still a quarterback. You can win football games with like, if, if you're a general manager, are you rolling with Foles and trying to kind of build up everything else around him? Cause it, it feels like, for most of these quarterbacks, you're going to have to build up around them anyway. So, you know, is it is the difference for them, you know, if you swap out Foles with some of these guys we've talked about, is that improvement there appreciable enough to be worth the financial and or trade investments to go get them? Or I guess who who clears that threshold for you besides Deshaun Watson to say, yeah, I'm it's it's worth trying to upgrade Nick Foles for this quarterback because he makes my team better enough. Yeah, I mean, I think Darnold is very intriguing, but again, you have to have that belief in development. Mm-hmm. I do think that there, that Gardner Minshew is fascinated. I've been a believer in Minshew for a while. Um, you know, we saw him down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl when he literally walked into <laughs> yes. that environment. Was like, I am Baker 2.0. Like same jokes, same chip on his shoulder, like all of that stuff. Same swagger, everything. Same yeah. swagger, everything. Like. You know, and I remember like him looking me dead in the eye when I asked him a question about Mike Leach's offense. And he talked about, you know, what got me ready to play the NFL was, you know, I'm making full field four or five progression reads on a play. And you don't get that in the quote unquote pro style college offenses that he literally, Lauren, hit me with the air quotes as he was doing it. So it's like a Chris Farley skit. And I mean... <laughs> You try in this game as, you know, a member of the media to not be like openly fawning over a player when you're talking to them, Um, especially in a group at media day. It it was tough. I don't know if my facial filter did a good job. It was similar to when Cole McDonald um, told me and Trevor Sikkim why he cut his hair. Um, Yeah. You know, hair grows back. Opportunity does it. Just a tremendous, tremendous answer. Um, First round quarterback right there. First round quarterback answer right there um, from Cole McDonald. I, 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 I remain intrigued 
um, by Gardner Minshew. I think the footwork, the progressions, um, a lot of what he does from a pocket management standpoint are things that you win games because of in the National Football League. But again, I do think that you'll have to have weapons around him and you'll have to have that viable plan B. Now, a lot of people have said Marcus Mariota because of cap considerations in Las Vegas, uh, the Bears might need to, I mean, excuse me, the, the Raiders might need to move Mariota uh, because they've got, I think, like 38 million or so wrapped up in Carr and Mariota and that's going to be tough with their financial situation. So Mariota is an intriguing option. I'm not sure if I'm ready to say Mariota is a like, guy that's going to start 16 games for you, uh, but I do think that he's shown some potential to be that plan B. You know, if you move on from Foles, uh, um, Winston, I mean, excuse me, um, Mariota, Minshew tandem could work. Um, so there are options and there are different pathways they can go. The, the, the ultimate question is how much pressure does Pace feel? to get the quarterback position right. Um, you know, because there was a lot of speculation that he wasn't going to be back for this year. And so he might be feeling the heat, which is why you might see another sort of wild swing, almost similar to the the Foles trade last year, which is I got to get this right because if I don't, I'm gone. Well, anytime you can trade for Jacksonville Jaguars quarterbacks in back-to-back off seasons, you got it. I mean, it. that's that's something to put on the resume. I know. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one of those moves where it's like you did what, and then you thought it was such a good move, you did it again. Like, yeah. And you hired their offensive coordinator from the year before too, as your quarterbacks coach with Flip. So yeah, yeah they're just between them and Allen Robinson, they're they're building Jacksonville 2.0 in Chicago. They Seriously, really just bring Bortles back. Why not? He's <laughs> a free agent. Swing for the fences. Got to get former first round picks in the building anytime you can yeah. for sure. Well, Mark, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, let everybody know again one more time where they can find your work on, online and on Twitter, and, and anything in particular you're working on here this off season. Well, buddy, always uh, great to catch up with you. Wish we could have done it in person down at Veets, but hopefully in 2022 we'll be able to do Fingers that. Fingers crossed. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, on the bird app, at Mark Schofield. Um, Touchdown Wire, USA Today, uh, Touchdown Wire. Uh, myself, Doug Farrar, we've got our 101 free agent list published, but we're doing write-ups and film breakdowns on all of those players. And so you'll see that probably early next week. But like I said, the easiest way is on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. Excellent, sir. Well, I hope everyone in your family is staying safe and healthy, and I'm sure we'll touch base again at some point soon, talk some draft quarterbacks. And if the, whoever the Bears end up pulling in here, I might, uh, might give you a, might slide into the DMs and, and get you back on the pod. Absolutely. You know where to find me, buddy. I'm available anytime. Thanks again to Mark Schofield from the Touchdown Wire for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure that you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Our chats with Mark Schofield are some of my favorite. He's just a good dude, a guy I love having a beer with down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile every year. Didn't get to go this year because of the coronavirus, but looking forward to doing that again. Just one of those genuinely good dudes who knows his stuff, knows not to take himself too seriously, but does take his work seriously and does an excellent job. So I highly recommend you check out his work. And I think the podcast conversation we had there speaks for itself in terms of his expertise and his ability to just kind of pull that out of thin air. We didn't like pre-plan, all right, here's the quarterbacks I'm going to talk about, get your notes together. He was just like, all right, 
let's roll it. Throw him at me and, and do the best he can and absolutely enjoyed every minute of it. So I hope you learned a little bit of something about these quarterbacks. I hope it kind of sets the stage a little bit more for you for this offseason and for this Chicago Bears quarterback search. To be honest, I probably should have done that one first. Like, But even before the Carson Wentz trade, even before the Matthew Stafford trade, that would have been a good, like, palate cleansing, you know, setting the stage kind of for the full offseason. But hey, better late than never. And of course, the Bears haven't made a quarterback decision yet, so it, it still applies. And still, we got to touch on at least a lot of other quarterbacks that we haven't touched on just yet. But more Bears quarterback analysis to come next week. This is going to do it for us this week on the podcast. Going to take Friday off. I am out of town trying to enjoy myself, cut down on the work a little bit more, you know, and I, I think I think we can survive with one fewer daily Bears podcast. So even though you won't have a podcast on Friday, even though it's, you know, it's a little bit of a longer weekend with no Bears football, I still hope you find a way to bear down. <laughs>